Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is Tuesday, May 29th, 2018. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you. All right. Thank you, Bill. Now, how was your Memorial Day, Bill? Well, Memorial Day was uh, was nice. Uh, the weather wasn't all that great, uh, but uh, it provided some quiet moments to think about our men and women who served this country and made the ultimate sacrifice. That's right. That's right. And, and you have a casualty list today, don't you? Yes, I do. All right. Well, we'll uh, hear about some numbers there. Yeah, well, Gary, you know, Memorial Day is uh, that day that uh, we uh, should be remembering our fallen heroes and to honor them for their service. And, you know, it's rather interesting that uh, I think uh, uh, these numbers really ought to bring it to our attention, uh, you know, what we've paid uh, in human capital uh, and uh, I've got about uh, uh, six, uh, seven wars here. Starting back World War One, uh, you remember that was the war to end all wars when it was uh, ended in uh, uh, 1918. We lost 116,516 uh, men and women in that war. Wow. World War Two, the largest loss, 405,000 plus. Korea, 36. Point five thousand uh, veterans we lost. Vietnam fifty eight thousand two hundred and ten. Gulf War three hundred and eighty two. Afghan Afghanistan and Iraq about uh, four thousand, uh, almost uh, four point five thousand that we've lost. And Gary, as you know, currently. Um, we have a footprint in more than 145 countries around the world. So we remember these individuals who uh, made the uh, ultimate sacrifice, standing tall to defend our great nation. But, you know, from each of those wars that I just mentioned, we've got left behind uh, who uh, about 20 million men and women who still have to uh, endure the battle of dealing with their service-connected disabilities. Unbelievable. The numbers there just are staggering. Yes, it is. All right. Well, you know, Bill, why don't we get to our guest, uh, and again, you have the honor of introducing her, but she's been with us a couple times, and and she's a very interesting young lady, and uh, definitely she was honored just last year of the uh, the honoree of the year for the Greater Dallas uh, Veterans Council. Bill? Well, Gary, uh, it's indeed an honor to welcome back our good friend Charlene Johns, who is the executive director of Sunshine After Rain Ministries, which is a faith-based nonprofit founded more than 20 years ago. For the past 10 years, Charlene has worked with military families and veterans, developing a website of resources to help them find assistance when they need it. Uh, also, there's the uh, Battle Buddy uh, information website. It's there, uh, an outstanding website. Charlene is the advisor to the Texas Vets Cares for Health Care, a group of stakeholders, veterans, and concerned patriots who are working to ensure veterans know legislative information that will have long-term consequences. Considered by many to be an expert when it comes to current 
efforts and issues on privatizing for the VA. For her work, as you mentioned, Gary, Charlene was awarded the 2017 Honorary of the Year by the Greater Dallas Veterans Council. Congratulations again, Charlene, and welcome again to the American Heroes Network. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's my honor to be here and to continue serving those who have served our nation. All right. Charlene, you know, there's so much talk. Uh, you know, you hear it every day, especially, you know, every, I think every veteran hears it every day, uh, you know, with this health care. You know, what's the problem with the veterans having a choice with health care? Well, uh, again, if it sounds too good to be true, it's always too good to be true. And that is um, the same thing that happened with the Affordable Health Care Act. Does it sound like everyone should have access to reasonable insurance costs? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but the problem, as we see now, is when legislation is passed, that becomes law. And backing out of laws that have been passed is a very difficult thing. So when, they, when legislators start talking about, oh, veterans should be able to have a choice <clears throat> in their health care uh, and they should be able to go anywhere they want. As a private citizen, I can't go to any doctor that I want. It, it's selling them a bill of goods that is, number one, not out there, but also, number two, it is not financially sustainable. And that's one of the things that no one is talking about. What is this going to cost? And while we all would say we need to support veterans 150% for the price that they have paid, no one is saying that the, the federal government doesn't have the money to make that sustainable. So that, I think, is one of the biggest issues. When um, the Commission on Care w was uh, formed under the uh, past administration, they came up with, they spent two years on studies and on uh, finding ways to fix the VA. Their very minimum uh, increase to the veterans' health care budget was $9 billion more than the current uh, veterans' health care budget. However, that was a very narrow, defined network. So again, when they say choice, it is not a choice. It is a network like a, an HMO is a network of physicians that you get to choose from. So I think it's kind of a bait and switch, and unfortunately, veterans will find out when it's too late. Right. That's unbelievable, Bill. Well, Charlene, we, you know, after providing those uh, death casualty figures, what we have left in our country today is 20 million-plus veterans across the country who suffer from service-connected uh, ailments, diseases, uh, and disabilities from serving our great country. And uh, you're in Texas, where uh, the latest count that I've seen is about 1.5 million veterans in the state of Texas. That's a very large number of veterans to serve. So tell, tell our listening audience why the CHOICE program is not a choice. Well, again, just, just as uh, you learned that you can keep the physician if you want to, they're telling veterans, well, if you still want to go to the VA, you'll be able to go to the VA if you want to. Um, but now, a veteran having more choices, when the money is transferred into the private sector, that means it's not being paid 
to the VA. It's not building up the VA. It's not building up um, and allowing the VA to hire more physicians, more psychiatrists, more uh, clinical personnel. So you're not going to be able to go see people at the VA. Why is there a wait time? There's a wait time because they because of the staff. And again, um, when a veteran goes out into the community, then it's going to be up to the veteran to start making phone calls to those private care physicians. And everyone that I know that is currently on Medicare, they sit and they call and call and call and call. And the private physician's office says, do you have insurance? What type of insurance? And they say, well, we have Medicaid, Medicare. They say, we're not taking any more Medicare patients. Well, let's just say that those 9 million patients that are currently enrolled in the VA get, get preferential treatment through the private sector. Okay, well, then they're going to be paid, physicians will be paid at Medicare rates by the VA. Now, what's going to happen to all those Medicare patients when this influx of Medicare payments is, get, is, is made. It, it's going to throw Medicare patients into a system where they can't find care. So you, veterans are not getting a choice of more care because the VA won't be there anymore. They're actually having less choice because the VA will no longer be a choice. And that's that, uh, uh, Charlene, uh, I'm just going to get this in before our break and we can follow up with this. But, you know, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, as I understand it, is responsible for the standard of care in terms of medical care for our men and women. When we begin to farm this out, you know, who's the gatekeeper to say that all veterans are getting the the standard of acceptable care, and if you're reducing the uh, VA's involvement in this, uh, that presents another problem because in the general hospitals across the country, 70% of all doctors who serve in those hospitals started their residencies in a VA hospital. So that's something to think about, and we can talk about that after the break. All right. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, Barway Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. 
Welcome back. We're here with our guest, uh, Charlene, with Battle Buddy Info. Now, Charlene, um, I use the, I have used the Choice Program a couple of times, and uh, uh, there is total confusion on it, uh, you know, even at the VA level, because uh, they would set me up with a specialist, and uh, I'd go to that specialist once, and then the rest of the appointments are made with their specialists. So I have to go through the first phase all over again. Um, I don't know if, if this is what's part of the, the way that, the way that uh, you should use the choice program, uh, but it's a mind blower, especially, you know, you, now you got two doctors, one a civilian doctor, uh, one and then the other one in the VA, and I don't know what's going on. So you have any idea why something like that would happen? Well, again, they're, they're, the choice is not a clear-cut, um, defined term. So they ha- the VA has to negotiate. Uh, they have to find uh, suitable providers in the community. Well, again, the VA is, is negotiating with specialists and they are negotiating to pay them a Medicare rate. Now, if you're a specialist, you're a specialist for a reason, uh, and you paid a very high price in time and money uh, to get to be a specialist in your field. That demands a certain level of payment. And now the VA is going to pay you a Medicare rate, so the number of specialists that are willing to enter into that is few and far between. So then you result in having a specialist in the community that will maybe see you quicker, uh, but you're also got you've also still maintaining the VA trying to currently be the gatekeeper of those uh, medical integrated services. So one of the good parts about the VA is it's a truly integrated network of services. So in other words, when you go to the VA and you're treated for blood pressure, they can also determine, oh, well, your blood pressure is stemming from uh, this medical issue or that medical issue. They can get you to the next doctor within the VA system right away. So it's all it's all in, it's all integrated, and they don't have to make five you know five different phone calls, and you don't have to travel all the way across town to go to another doctor, and then travel all the way across town then to go to a lab because it's all there in the VA. Is it yet? Is it a cumbersome system? Yes, but again, one of those benefits of having that cumbersome system. Bill, you mentioned 20 million uh, veterans are currently uh, having service-connected disabilities, right? Well, that service-connected disability, that's tracked because it is a stabilized data system. So everybody, all of the 20 million veterans the, the VA can monitor and mark and note what is going on with those 20 million veterans. So if a veteran comes in and has XYZ symptoms and then a veteran in uh, Tennessee comes in with XYZ symptoms and then a veteran in New York comes in with XYZ symptoms and it all tracks back to they were all at Camp Lejeune and where there was a water issue, well, then that, again, becomes a service-connected disability. They can monitor it. They can find ways to treat it, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Once those veterans are transferred into the private sector, that whole tracking system is gone. And while you mentioned, um, you know, the casualties in the current conflict, are low comparatively to past conflicts like the Vietnam War or Korean or World War II, all that data 
once they transfer into the private sector, you know, the Iraq and Afghanistan veterans are like, we, we've got to watch out for burn pit symptoms because the things that are going to, you know, come up 20 years from now, like came up with Vietnam-era Agent Orange, once that's in the private sector, there is not going to be any tracking system. So whatever is going on concurrently with veterans, with all the veterans that have come back from Iraq and Afghanistan wars, that's gone. that'll be in the wind. There won't be any concerted effort to track or to train or to discover uh, treatments. Uh, it, it's just uh, a perilous slide into... Um, into a system that that I cannot even imagine what the future of healthcare is going to be for those 20 million veterans that served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And Charlene, that 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 again gets to the uh, the that standard of care. Who's the gatekeeper and who's watching to make sure that a veteran in uh, Texas or the same kinds of issues uh, are treated uh, as the same as uh, a veteran who uh, is in uh, Montana. Uh, and well, when you begin to uh, parcel that out there, I think the standard no longer becomes a standard. Well, exactly, standard of care. And currently, because the VA is a federal program, um, unfortunately, things happen at the VA that are totally inappropriate, totally unacceptable, um, should not happen, should never happen. But uh, when those things do happen, a veteran has the recourse to go to their congressman and get their congressman involved. The congressman then brings it, you know, takes it up the chain and gets something done. A congressman will not have the same authority in the private sector. A congressman is not going to call Dr. Jones at the, uh, at the end of the day. So, again, that is giving up that recourse because there won't be a gatekeeper. While they say, oh, VA is terrible, terrible, ter- terrible, and, you know, images of born on the 4th of July come to mind, um, what they're not telling you, and by they, I mean, you know, the big capital T-H-E-Y, is the second leading cause of death in the United States of America is medical errors. So standard of care, when 75% of people that receive treatment at the VA are happy with their treatment, well, we'll see what happens when uh, they get thrown into the private sector where they're killing people due to error, medical error. That is so important, uh, Charlene. And, you know, uh, in uh, one of your previous statements, you mentioned about uh, tracking uh, for veterans who've been exposed to water contamination, and you mentioned Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. But uh, I'm sure you're aware that uh, Camp Lejeune gets all the attention, but uh, I'm told, and you've probably heard this also, there are probably a 100, if not more, other locations where the problem that we talk about at Camp Lejeune uh, existed in other areas that doesn't get talked about. Well, uh, you know, a- absolutely. And the reason why those problems are discovered, again, is because veterans receiving health care at the VA is a static population where the data is tracked. And now, again, those things should never should never happen. But the, the way that things are improved is to make the discovery and then make improvements to that when there is no, it's like you said earlier, standard of care. If you can't 
track the standard, there is there is there is none. It's non-existent. So um, when you can't track, oh wait, all these all these things happened, you know, at this particular at this particular location, or all these veterans that served at this particular in this particular unit given this particular time, those things currently are tracked. Once they go into the private sector, they will not be. So errors not only will not be able to be um, tracked and addressed, but they won't be able to improve upon them in the future and say, wait, we, we can stop this before it becomes a medical issue 10, 20, 30 years down the line. So I can't tell you how many Vietnam-era veterans I know personally and talk to, and, you know, they have diabetes now, and they're thinking, oh, well, it's just part of old age. Well, because the, the, the VA has tracked um, Vietnam-era veterans, it's one, of the, it's one of the side effects of Agent Orange. So why do they stop using Agent Orange and those types of dangerous, extraordinarily toxic chemicals? Because they were able to track it and see, wait a minute, this is a problem. We've got to stop this. We've got to do something better. Well, welcome to modern warfare. What's it going to be? Well, Charlene, again, uh, as we come up on a break, I, I, I think one of the important things that you are involved in is uh, is of great interest to our medical our veteran community, and that's being able to provide information that uh, men and women can utilize to try to deal with some of these uphill battles. So uh, when we come back, uh, we can talk about that. uh, I was really attracted uh, to something that I saw on uh, one of the websites that I'd like for you to talk about when we come back. Absolutely. All right. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Charlotte, with 
Battle Buddy Info. And Bill, you had a question just before we went on break. Yes, uh, Charlene. Uh, you know, uh, once upon a time, I, a time I heard that information is power, and uh, mind is a terrible thing to waste. And uh, you've uh, one of the things that uh, you've been really, really strong in. I mean, you're strong across the board, but providing information, how to navigate this monstrous system that we have to help our men and women. And uh, I was really attracted uh, to the uh, Battle Buddy information uh, website there and the story of uh, Jonathan and Candace Wheeler. Uh, tell our, our listening audience a little bit about how they've worked together and have been able to uh, get information out uh, along with you. Boy, you know, I'll tell you the the biggest thing. Our website has been up and running. We're going into our fifth year. So um, a li- just a little short background because, because this is kind of key is um, – uh, when I started working with military families 10 years ago, I was just astonished at the lack of information that they they were able to find. They were just the spouses of wounded uh, our wounded warriors were just coming back and try uh, that number one they were uprooted, and then they were just trying to figure out how to do life, how to make it through, how to. Um, figure out things for their children um, when they were relocated to the uh, you know uh, various medical facilities where their their spouse was receiving treatment. And our website started with a list uh, created by a caregiver, and uh, Candace Wheeler was one of those original caregivers, and her husband Jonathan. Um, 100% disabled, Purple Heart recipient, uh, Afghan, Iraq uh, war veteran. And so Jonathan Wheeler, after, uh, in 2014, uh, got a job at the San Antonio uh, VA uh, uh, Veteran Resource Center. So he lobbied to get our website. When he tried to access our website at the resource center in San Antonio, he couldn't access it. I, being a civilian, had no idea that the VA federal computers are, uh, they block websites until websites have been up for, I believe, 18 months. Um, You know, they had, at that time, they had, you know, strict controls on what websites could be accessed by federal computers. So Jonathan Wheeler lobbied, um, I mean, took it all the way to the top, uh, to the people uh, that he knew in the administration, and uh, got our website unblocked. So from the very beginning, our site was able to be accessed by not just people that were on, on private sector uh, computers, but also by anybody that was working at a vet center, by anybody that was working at the VA trying to um, find uh, resources that were, that were out there and, and were available. So, again, caregivers, unfortunately, I mean, they are the unsung heroes of this generation of warriors, as well as uh, Vietnam era. I mean, caregivers truly... Um, don't receive much credit or much um, publicity. And it is, as we reflected upon Memorial Day, it is not just the warrior that serves. It is his entire, the, uh, excuse my gender uh, reference, but it is the entire family that serves, the children that have, the, that, that give up that time with their parent the spouses that give up that time with, you know, with their spouse, that uh, just normal day-to-day activities. And um, we are strong advocates uh, for caregivers and for uh, the role that they play in keeping our nation's military strong and uh, healthy and vibrant because a, a, a warrior can go to the battlefield knowing that things are to being taken care of at home. Well, it's, they're doing a tremendous job, and uh, the fact that, uh, you know, that it's a husband and wife team that's working together and with uh, 
two uh, young sons that they've had, uh, you know, will minimize uh, the, 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 the situation of other families who, uh, when the returning uh, serving military person comes home and does not get the care and how that can just have a distinct uh, uh, negative effect on the family through our into the to the kids as they move up, but I but I think this is really really an outstanding uh, uh, family team working together, and we we, we we ought to really push those kinds of things to be done more so across the country. Absolutely, absolutely. They, uh, you know, we we could not do it without them, or without their support, without their continued, you know, pushing it out in, into the community. They. Um, were living in San Antonio uh, while John was uh, uh, in in the system in San Antonio, and they they have since relocated to Arkansas. And of course, you know he gets the word out in in Arkansas to um, you know veterans and family members that are that are in Arkansas. And they also uh, you know participate in a variety of. Uh, retreats and um, other uh, military-focused venues across the country, and they're always, uh, you know, pushing out the information and trying to get people uh, aware that there is help out there and uh, there's an easy way to find it. So we, you know, we try to uh, consistently make that an easy access uh, easy, uh, easy to find out eligibility requirements from our site, and um, they're really kind of the backbone of the organization. Well, that's great, uh, Charlene, and I think that uh, you know uh, Texas and uh, uh, a couple of the uh, uh, veterans and their spouses that I know there. Uh, you have a great opportunity coming up this year with the DAV. Uh, if the Jonathan family rings a bell to you, uh, Bill and uh, Teresa uh, in the DAV, uh, Bill has been this year the national commander for the DAV uh, auxiliary, and the coming up at the next convention, the new national commander from the DAV is going to be from the Texas DAV department. So you might want to put a little bug in there to, 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 to expand this information uh, uh, across the country and in Texas. Absolutely. That's, that, that is uh, uh, great information to have as well. Texas next year is set to be the um, highest population of veterans in the United States, we're currently second in the nation. But where I live in Dallas, which is considered North Texas, it consists of 36 counties, there are 500,000 veterans living in North Texas. So we do have a high veteran um, concentration. And uh, that's because we, you know, we love veterans, and I like to say I'm the number one cheerleader of those 500,000. And I can tell you that um, no one outside the veteran space even realizes there's 500,000 veterans in this area. When we were speaking to um, uh, political officials that were running for office in the primary back in um, March, and they said, well, you know, why are you here? You know, what's the deal with veterans? And I said, well, number one, there's 500,000 veterans. And the state of Texas has it broken down by age, demographic, county. Not one politician on either side of the fence had any idea there was that number of veterans. And 500,000 veterans is also potentially 500,000 voters because you have to be 18 <laughs> to, to join the military. So their ears uh, perked up, and uh, they, started pay, you know, they started paying attention. And that really, as you said, information is king. And one of the information components is for veterans to understand that they have a voice. 
they did not just fade back into, uh, you know, into civilian life. And organizations such as DAV, you know, PVA, uh, VFWs, uh, VVA, all the big VSO organizations, um, you know, are mobilizing on a national level for a voice, but boy, on a state level, it really becomes diluted as far as the message getting out that veterans need to unite, need to speak up, and need to make sure they know what's going on. Well, Charlene, from where I sit in the the statistics I see for Texas, more than 1.5 million uh, veterans in the state, uh, you know, uh, if, if, if things are fully engaged with that population number, you know, that's a, a lot of new federal dollars to support those veterans can come to the great state of Texas. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And again, 1.5 million, that's, that's game-changing in the political arena. And uh, I, I hope that our continued efforts here, even though I do feel like we've lost on the privatization front of the VA, uh, there's still 1.5 million uh, voting uh, potential out there that can make a difference and can let their voice be heard and can say, what are you doing? And, And... and, and stop the, the tide before it's too late, because it will be too late. Charlene, how do we go about helping uh, to stop this? You know, really get involved. Whatever level you are at, whatever level of time commitment that you can make, Join as if you're not a member of a veteran service organization that uh, you know fits your demographic. Whether that be Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, you know IVA or or veterans of foreign wars or Vietnam uh, veterans of America or AMVETS or you know just pick one, pick something, pick them all, but get engaged and get involved, stay informed, and. I, um, up until, you know, this last two years, I would never have thought uh, to call my congressman or to call a congressional office. It just wouldn't, it just wouldn't even cross my mind. But now I I have um, a greater appreciation that those congressmen work for us. They are, they are there to represent their constituents, whether it's demographic, you know, they're, they're your congressman by geographics, right, by your zip code. Go online, find out who your congressman is, and, and let them know that you have a concern. I, I don't care what your concern is. Let them know you have a concern and make yourself known because, uh, as Bill was quoting some old adages, squeaky wheel does get the grease. And when we started making calls and asking congressmen about uh, things that were going on with uh, veterans and with legislation being passed, they said, you're the first person that has made this, that we've even heard this from. And when I started uh, quizzing a local congressman, actually quizzing is a light word, I was probably kind of confronting him on a very agitated level. I said, don't you know what they're what they're doing with this House bill, uh, you know, 5674, don't you understand what you're voting for? Had not even read it. Now, he voted yes, and so did the majority, the vast majority of your congressional representatives voted yes to pass this bill. So, again, if veterans, and, and not even just veterans, if private citizens are not speaking up to the legislators that represent them, they'll just do whatever their staff member says or the person that's making 
the big campaign contributions because you can bet their people are making phone calls and their people are telling them how to vote on on what particular bills. All right. We're going to take our last break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Charlyn, with Battle Buddy Info. Charlyn, why don't you get us to your uh, website uh, URL and also your contact info? Sure. Our website is Battle dash buddy dot info or the simple version is battle buddy info dot com and that's b b a t t l e b u d d y i n f o dot com you can always reach us through the website or um, our email address is battle dash buddy at sbcglobal.net you can follow along on issues concerning the VA and privatization, as well as anything concerning veterans at our Facebook page, um, which is facebook.com, Texas Vets Care. Of course, we also repost many of those articles on our Facebook page, um, Battle Buddy Info. So, again, be informed and get involved. Veterans with a mission have changed the world. What do they have left to vote on? Uh, what do they have left? Well, there's always little, uh, little incremental bills uh, that come up, but now the major thing that was just uh, voted on, the VA Mission Act of 2018, um, once that goes into place, and they start acting upon that legis- that current legislation. It it will um, it, it will quickly dismantle the VA. Unfortunately, uh, that that will be in the pipeline, and it, it already started. And Gary, you had mentioned some legislation about um, veteran benefits. I would encourage veterans to get involved in the process of watching their benefits, of knowing what their benefits are to uh, contact their county service officers that are paid for by the state they live in, the county they live in, um, and that is a national program. It is not a federal program. It's, it's uh, controlled by the states. 
individual states. But know what your benefits are. Know if you're currently leaving benefits on the table because to pay for this wonderful VA Mission Act of 2018, the money is going to come from somewhere. And where that's going to come from is going to be the benefit pool. So uh, they already, I think um, many people... Uh, that Vietnam-era veterans that were receiving individual unemployment benefits along with their Social Security benefits. Uh, uh, the then-Secretary Shulkin tried to uh, cut out individual unemployment benefits for Vietnam-era veterans, and, boy, that raised a big stink. So uh, he got that got stopped really quickly from the advocacy groups, the VSO groups like Vietnam Veterans of America. Again, those, veteran, those benefits that veterans earned will go away. And unfortunately, when I was listening to the Commission on Care, the last public meeting, uh, along with four other people of the, <laughs> of the public, which shocked me, um, they took out, the Commission on Care took out all references to uh, geriatric care and elderly care and uh, anything that had to do with uh, Vietnam-era veterans. And why? Because Vietnam-era veterans would be dead. And you want to talk about, you know, some things. And they knew that if they put anything, um, you know, inflammatory, that the, the Vietnam-era veterans would speak out against it. So they're counting on Vietnam-era veterans to die and to die quickly so that this, this uh, legislation and these benefits will uh, soon and quickly start going away. And then look at all the millions of dollars they'll be able to put into the private sector that is making a profit off of veterans. Right. Oh, boy. Well, our time is almost up here, and uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show, Charlene. Uh, as, as before, you know, you're a great guest. And uh, as things progress, I'd like you to notify us on any changes, and we'll have you back on so this way we can keep, keep everybody informed also. Okay? Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you so much, Gary. And All thank right. you both for your service. Well, thank you. And if you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7. And you can hear all our archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, on any device. I'm your host, Gary Ray, signing up for signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone.